Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money, get your stress levels down, and help you achieve greater success at your fundraising events. My name is Danny Hooper. I'm a Canadian fundraising, professional fundraising auctioneer. <laughs> and I'm down here in Southern California, Laguna Hills, California, uh, at the world headquarters of Windspire, uh, where I'm joined today by my co-hosts on Events with Benefits, uh, from Donation Match, Renee Zhao, and from Windspire, the Vice President of Marketing, Ian Loth. We'll start off by saying hi to Renee. Uh, Renee, you lined up a great guest for us here today, Jill Boyer. She's Director of Marketing with a company that's been around for a long time called Greater Giving, and uh, she had some real interesting ideas to share with us today. Oh, yeah. Greater Giving just came out with this really fun book, uh, 26 Proven Revenue Enhancers for Your Fundraiser. And I had the honor of being one of those 26. Um, they did start earlier this summer gathering ideas. And, you know, I have to say, like like you mentioned later in the podcast, all of us have been in this fundraising space a really long time. And I think we all found some really cool ideas we don't know about and even variations on some one that we're familiar with. And it's a really uh, fun um, episode that talks about different varieties of fundraisers that, you know, ways to change up your event year every year. Well, we kind of got Jill back on her heels a couple of times, uh, questioning her, getting her to explain some of these great 26 different uh, proven revenue enhancers that came in from uh, primarily, I think, fundraising auctioneers seemed to be the bulk of the ideas that were sent in. And uh, as she tried to explain them, um, you know, some of them I was listening to, and, and uh, there, there was one in particular I had some questions, but I know they're going to be answered because she had a very special offer to make to everybody at the end of the show. Yeah, and that's downloading the book itself, which, um, yeah, I absolutely encourage you guys all to go check out their website. They have plenty more resources other than this uh, this ebook. Um, you know, just like Winspire, they've been at the forefront of, of providing educational resources uh, to, to help educate. You know, you nonprofit event planners out there on, on how to do uh, your events more effectively. So, um, Jill was actually my guest uh, that I went out and, and found. Uh, but uh, Renee, uh, being featured in the book, uh, has, has obviously partnered with them as well. We all we all work together in this educational space, which is which is really what's what it's all about. So, um, Danny, get it right. I'm sorry about that. I didn't know. I got to start reading my show notes before we turn the microphone on. But uh, I'll tell you, knowledge is power. And the reality is that uh, the world is changing so fast, especially, well, every every aspect of our world today is changing fast. But certainly in the uh, fundraising space, it's changing at lightning speed. There's new ideas happening all the time. If you're looking to hit the refresh button on your event, or if you're looking, maybe you've got some gaps to fill where there's still some uh, uh, time in your agenda to squeeze in a few extra revenue enhancers. Let's find out about those right now uh, as we join Jill Boyer, Director of Marketing at Greater Giving from uh, up near Portland, Oregon. Well, good day, Jill Boyer, Director of Marketing at Greater Giving. And uh, how are things at Greater Giving? Maybe we can start here. Uh, maybe you'll give us a little bit of background about uh, who is Greater Giving and what do you folks do? Yes, thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, Greater Giving is a, a company that's based out of Oregon. We're actually in, in Hillsboro, Oregon, which is very close to Portland. And we've been around since 2002. I was one of the 12 employees at the company. I started in client services 
And we provide fundraising technology solutions and credit card processing to nonprofits and schools. Very good. That's what we do. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got you on the episode here today uh, because you recently launched a very, very interesting project. You went out to the uh, to the community of experts in the fundraising space, uh, everything from uh, auctioneers to well, people from uh, virtually uh, uh, every area of the uh, of the nonprofit space, and and asked for uh, some yeah. interesting ideas how to raise extra revenue uh, at your event. And you have created an ebook called "26 Proven Revenue Enhancers for Your Fundraiser." Uh, first of all, your overview: How did the project go? <laughs> I, it went really well. It was uh, an idea. Todd Smith, our digital marketing manager, came to me with this idea. Um, not that long ago, it was probably uh, around May uh, of 2017, and you know he had just said we have so many great blog posts about revenue enhancers and uh, so many uh, so much interest around that area, and so he said why don't we put together a comprehensive guide and tap into our very deep of resources, which uh, would be over 160 partners that we work with, as you said, every everyone from uh, auctioneers to event planners to technology providers, and ask them not only for advice, but you know how how they use it out in the field and and how they've seen it uh, actually work. All right, so, so you you were. Okay, so you were looking to mine some really good and really refreshing ideas. Uh, obviously, you weren't yes. disappointed, and maybe we can just have you walk us through right now some of the uh, more unique and interesting uh, revenue enhancers that uh, people presented to you, maybe some of the things that might be uh, fresh and new for our listeners. Yeah, so we definitely, you know, there were, all, there were definitely some of the favorites that you that we're all familiar with, the wall of wine, um, diamonds in a glass. And so those, we, we put those in there for sure, but we had a twist on those and um, gave different kind of flavors of how you can do that. Uh, one of the uh, revenue enhancers that I thought was really interesting was called the graffiti wall. And that was um, that was provided by one of our partners, Beth Sandifer of Beth Sandifer Events, and it really is um, it, it's just kind of a fun way for people to participate in in fundraising, and it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. But the way that it works is that you create a space for graffiti art, so a blank slate or template, a wall. And you provide a table with art supplies, paint, you know, you could have spray cans or, or Sharpies or whatever. And then for a fee, anywhere from, you know, 5 to $50 or even up, depending on the, the type of event, guests can purchase an opportunity to add their personal touch to the wall. And so it kind of becomes this organic uh, art piece. And then it also, one of the things that, that Beth had shared was that it became kind of a, a place for a photo opportunity as well. So people were taking selfies in front of it, 
and, you know, really personalizing it. And so it just became kind of a focal point and, a, and, a, and an art piece. So that one, I had never heard of, and I thought that was really fun. All right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So what happened to the wall at the end of the evening or at the end of the event after it's been all painted? Do they just dismantle and discard it or was the wall actually auctioned off or what do they do with it? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I think that they definitely can auction that off. That is, you know, that is one of the suggestions, depending on how, I mean, if it's actual walls, it's not possible. But if you had um, a, a space that can be taken down and framed. Um, you can certainly do that. Some of the advice that that she gave was to consider working with an artist to create kind of create a starter backdrop, and then um, you know the artist can can sign it as well, so it kind of um, increases the value. And um, also there can be kind of a canvas or wooden flaps, again, that are freestanding that can be uh, auctioned off or donated yeah, that's, as well. That would be a very cool idea. I know that uh, mm-hmm. as a fundraising auctioneer at, at my events, when I'm selling a, a piece of live art, it can sometimes be a real challenge, not just for the auctioneer, but also for the poor artist uh, sitting out in the audience. <laughs> we all know how that can go. Art is so subjective. and um, Yes. Yeah, one of the techniques that I use is I say, folks, you know, I'll be the first to donate $100 to the uh, cause here tonight, and uh, whoever would like to join me, with the artist's permission, why don't we all sign the back of this beautiful painting, and then we'll hang it in the local hospital or uh, in another prominent public space, and uh, we can very often take um, a piece of original art that's maybe stalled at three or four or $500 and turn it into $4,000 doing it that way. So, right. uh, yeah, it's another neat, neat little idea. Uh, let's run through some of these the dice roll there was one came in called the dice roll what is that the dice roll that was uh, an idea that was provided by Lynn Zink of Lynn Zink Productions and that is uh, it definitely can go along with a theme event but you could you know really do it but definitely if you're if you're going to have a casino type event or something like that or a great Gatsby type of event um, it's fun, but the dice roll, it is um, often seen where guests, you have two kind of large inflatable uh, blow-up dice, um, and um, they, the guests roll the dice one at a time. Um, you charge a set fee for a dice roll, so 5 or $10 for one roll, $15, $25 for three, and then the giveaway for the winning rolls is, usually tickets towards a prize. For example, uh, if a 3 to a 12 is rolled, the winner gets that same number of tickets. And then rolling, rolling um, snake eyes, a pair of ones, is the big winner, and, they're, and then they get 20 tickets. So it kind of can tie into a raffle. Okay, so then all those tickets they get are put into a draw barrel and we draw for a prize. Is that how that works? That is one... Uh, yeah, that is one way to do it. One variation of it. Okay. Uh, there's another That's idea right. came in, and I was intrigued by the title. I've, I don't think I've ever heard of this one. It's called The Ten Times Envelopes. The Ten Times Envelopes. Yes, that one was that one was a really great one, and I hadn't heard of that one either. Um, 
that was provided by uh, Courtney Givens of Simple Pleasure Events. And again, all of these partners are greater giving partners of ours that we have worked with for many years. And so for that one, it's a, it's a really any way you go, it can be 10 times or four times envelope fundraiser. It's a really great way to add excitement and raise a bit more money and also collect names or register guests for your next fundraising event. But the way that it works, um, guests are handed an envelope at the beginning of your event when they arrive. And then your registration team, so it, you know, it's very much at the beginning, ask them to place money inside. So anywhere between $1 to $20. And of course, you kind of need to promote this beforehand because not everybody carries cash with them then they write their names on the envelope and place them in a lottery box. And then at the end of the night, before guests leave, um, usually a good time is after your speaker has finished, you have a special guest pick an envelope out of the box, and the winner gets 10 times the amount of her donation in cash, and the rest of the gift goes toward the cause. And then, of course, um, usually the person that wins tends to donate that as well. Oh, that's a very cool idea. So if I put $20 into the envelope, I would get a prize of, I would win $200? That, that is correct. Okay, and I can see definitely what you're saying, Jill, where, you know, that's been my experience and, and probably all of our experience at many of these events where most people will uh, turn around and donate that cash back. So that that's pretty cool. Now, there was an idea, yeah, and I'm just looking, all I have in front of me here is the list of the, the, the names of the uh, revenue enhancers that came in. I'm trying to pick out the ones that kind of get my attention, and uh, there's one on here called Second Bitter Winner, Second Bitter Winner, and... Uh, how is that an extra revenue enhancer? Maybe you can uh, drill down into that one a little bit for us. Yeah, so, so second bitter winner that was uh, provided by Tina Love of My Event Central. And that is, you know, she said it's human nature to procrastinate and, and you know, people that attend events are, are no different. So one strategy organizations use to uh, keep bidding on a more even keel is a second bidder incentive. And I've seen a lot of variations of this, but um, basically the version of the second bidder winner, it offers an incentive for the second bid. So I think we've all been to auctions where, you know, you see those dreaded bid sheets where there's nothing, you know, there's nothing on them. And so you can make an incentive or a prize um, for if someone writes on the second bid line. So it's it's incenting people to, you know, to to start bidding. So, uh, so in a nutshell, I mean, it's pretty simple. This version of the second bidder winner offers incentives for the second bid, the the second line on the paper bid sheet. And you can make incentives of prizes on every item or on just select, select items. So, you know, typically you're not going to have it for, for every item. And you can offer something relatively small as an incentive of, or a prize. You might offer a free drink at the bar or two movie tickets and popcorn for a night out 
or something maybe that doesn't have monetary value, you know, lunch with the nonprofit director or being principal for a day, and maybe something that ties into your theme of the night. So it's just, it's just a really simple way of encouraging um, more bidding activity. Okay. One of the things I know that I like to see at events is where they, uh, and many uh, many events do this already, but if you don't, it's a great idea, and that is to close at least a portion of your silent auction prior to the guests being seated for dinner. And what works so nice there is that when you've got a room full of people coming in for the cocktail reception, suppose doors have opened up at 5.30 or 6 o'clock, rather than just milling around, visiting with each other and with a drink in their hands, uh, we're incentivizing them to get onto the silent auction tables and start the bidding process early by kind of threatening them that the idea or that the <laughs> items the items that they they may be interested in may be gone uh, after they've sat mm-hmm. down for dinner and you don't have to tell you don't have to close an entire section uh, you don't have to close many items and you don't have to tell people in advance which items or section you are going to close but simply that we're going to be closing a part of the silent auction before dinner we found that that works with great effect uh, when people are walking around during the cocktail reception they're bidding instead of visiting with each other they'll have a chance to do that later on at the dinner table uh, there's another idea here that, that caught my eye it's called called Flash Mob, and I have no idea what that is. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) We've been in this business, all of us, for a long time. I've been doing fundraising auctions since 1987, and I still every week see or hear of something new. So what the heck is a Flash Mob? (laughs) Yeah, I've been caught in a Flash Mob before. Uh, (laughs) What is is it? Well, um, so this was provided by Renee Jones of National Fundraising Solutions, and it's definitely a conversation generator during, um, typically during a pre-event function. And so this is actually a flash mob raffle. I think when, when you hear flash mob, um, typically, you know, we see those um, in social media where, uh, you know, someone will say, okay, everyone meet at a certain location and we're going to do a choreographed dance. Um, that is an example of a flash mob, if you ever if you ever hear that term. But in this instance, um, the way it works is you start by procuring a prize, such as a trip, like you know something maybe from Windspire. Don't or, say maybe from you know. Windspire. Say get yourself a Windspire <laughs> no risk travel package. Um, or a TV or lunch with the mayor, something really appealing to that you know that would really appeal to a group. And then um, you know once you once you have the the item, the the marketing is uh, very crucial to it. You want to advertise the prize and create a sense of anticipation. And then um, at the event, you showcase the prize in a high-traffic area um, and make signage that draws people to the attraction, um, and, and then um, which draws people to it, and people need to buy tickets to join it in the flash mob. And um, the volunteers work their way through the crowd, and they kind of get people excited about it. It really is a, a raffle scenario. And then um, the, the you set a time limit for ticket sales, such as five minutes, to create a sense of urgency. 
And then you take all the ticket entries and draw for the prize, and then you announce the the winner during the beginning part of your of your live auction. And um, and there's different types of flash mob scenarios that you can do. And you know, it can be something that is a, a coordinated um, dance that people participate in, or some type of fun activity. Um, and so it really is customizable to, to your group. All right. Very good. Now I see an idea here on your table of contents and it has to do with jewelry. And, uh, you know, I think we all know that jewelry can sometimes be very difficult to sell, certainly in a live auction. You know, I find it's tough. You Mm -hmm. have a model sometimes walking around the room, modeling a necklace or modeling a ring, and it's just a bad way to display the jewelry. Uh, People that may be interested in it most of the times don't get to have a, a good enough look at it. Trying to show jewelry up on a big screen, that incites very little excitement uh, from my experience. So let's talk uh, for a second here about an idea called the jewelry boxes. And uh, what is it? And is it a better way to uh, drive the value of jewelry donations? Right. So this was provided by Holly Rohrbacher of uh, Bainbridge Events. And I've seen a couple different variations of this. And I agree. Um, you know, jewelry is is kind of uh, kind of like art at auctions. It's very it's very subjective, and you have to really know your audience. But um, the way that that this revenue enhancer is proposed is that identical jewelry boxes are wrapped. You know, it, hopefully with a you know really very attractive packaging, maybe a big red bow. The most popular is a light blue box with a white ribbon. I think it uh, reminds people of a certain um, very high-end jeweler. Right. Um, and then you and then you want to artfully stack them on display at the event. And so guests can purchase a jewelry box. I've also you know heard it called mystery box. And so they can purchase a box. It's, and it's kind of like the wall of wine. And so you don't really know what you're getting. And then there will be, you know, one very, um, one typically high value piece of jewelry in the box. Every box has something in it. Um, it might have, you know, jewelry that is a really very pretty costume jewelry, or it might have gift cards or, you know, any kind of smaller item that is fun. It really depends on, on how far you want to go with the theme. And then um, at, there's a certain time. Once all the boxes are sold, your auctioneer can ask people to open up their boxes, you know, maybe after dessert or something where everybody kind of feels excited about it all at the same time. And then um, you can also put in like blinky rings in there or something so that, you know, people pull out these blinky rings and all of a sudden your room is lit up with blinking lights and people are kind of laughing and talking. And then, of course, there'll be a lucky winner that gets, um, you know, maybe a diamond necklace or a diamond ring and you'll, uh, you can have the jeweler there, you know, to to talk to them about the the value and and all that 
that good stuff. So that's one variation of uh, the jewelry box revenue enhancer. I love it, Jill. And these are, I'm, I love hearing these ideas just rolling out. And this is, um, a fabulous ebook. I, uh, we're absolutely going to be including a link in the, uh, the show notes to, for, so everyone can download this 72 pages of yeah. ideas. Um, uh, 26 proven revenue enhancers has been mentioned before. I know, uh, sitting here with Danny, uh, he has no shortage of hilarious stories himself of, uh, <laughs> not only revenue enhancers, but just, uh, crazy stories of how he's able to squeeze out, you know, a few extra dollars here and there. Uh, I know one I saw recently in his uh, newsletter about a potbelly pig, and I thought now was probably a good time for, for Danny to share about his potbelly pig story. Well, I don't, it's, it's Jill's interview, so only with permission from Jill. No, I, can, I, can I tell the potbelly pig story, Jill? I, I would love to hear it because my, my nine-year-old daughter actually has a pig, so, and it's not a potbelly pig, so please, uh, please tell me. All right. So I was at an event recently, and uh, I uh, had somebody donated uh, at the event that night. They donated a, a potbelly pig. And so I started to auction this off, and I started at $500. Nobody put a hand up. I went down to $250. Nobody put a hand up. I struggled, struggled, struggled to get $100 for the doggone pig. And finally, some poor guy sitting in the audience reluctantly raised his hand just to kind of get things moving along, thinking that that would just get the auction started. It turned out he was the one and only bidder. And so I said sold. He got the. He was the successful bidder, but I knew he didn't want the pig. How big is this pig? The pig. I don't know. The pig wasn't even there. Oh. Somebody just wrote a note and sent it up the front. They said I have a potbelly pig at home, and and I want to get rid of it. So sell the pot. <laughs> sell the pot. So it's sight unseen. This potbelly potbelly pig. So I said to the poor gentleman uh, there who had reluctantly made the bid. I said, sir, I said, it's plain to see that you don't really want the pig. You were only trying to help out here. I said, we'll give you a chance here to get off the hook, and we'll give you, we'll give you an opportunity here to, to gift the pig to somebody at the <laughs> event tonight, and you can pass it along. And the only way that they can get rid of the pig is if they want to re-gift it to somebody who in turn <laughs> will uh, pay $100 to re-gift it again. And in about two minutes, we re-gifted that little, that, who says that pigs can't fly? We re-gifted that pig 22 times, so we raised 2200 bucks in just a couple of minutes before somebody that's finally amazing. said, that's it, I'll keep the pig. <laughs> I'll keep the pig. So, so that was just a, uh, just a, a fun little thing, and I, <clears throat> I ended up, I called that technique the, the hot potato potbelly pig. So if you ever wind up with a potbelly pig on the menu, you know what to do with it. I think you need to That's add that great. to your next version of the ebook. I was actually going to say because we're going to have a volume two, and I think <laughs> I really like that idea, especially because uh, it's really I've I've known people that have gotten those those miniature potbelly pigs, and they actually can grow to be really big. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, Thank Jill, <clears throat> um, we want to thank you as the director of marketing there at Greater Giving. We know the wonderful work that you folks are doing up there. Uh, you're just outside of Portland and uh, just a great company. Yeah. Um, you have you. Uh, a broad spectrum of resources available um, to nonprofit organizations. And if anybody wants to reach out to you uh, to continue this conversation or get additional information from uh, Greater Giving, how would they reach you? 
Yeah, so first of all, I would say, you know, check out our website, greatergiving.com, and our resource at the very top of our website is our resource library, and if you go to our resource library, that's um, where you can subscribe to our blog. We post probably about two to three new articles a week, and um, then right on that page is an ad for the 26 Revenue Enhancers book, and you can go ahead and download it for free. And um, that is a fantastic resource. So, And we have so many other – we have webinars, some of them that we have done with Windspire, and um, different guides and auction planner, et cetera. So um, that is a great uh, area to find out more about greater giving. Um, and if you're interested in, you know, finding out um, if you want to email, um, sales at greatergiving.com is a great way to get a hold of us as well. Very good. Well, uh, we're certainly going to spend some time on your website, a great website, and I certainly commend you and compliment you. Uh, definite kudos for this uh, ebook that you've just created called 26 Proven Revenue Enhancers for uh, your fundraiser, and we thank you very, very much for sharing it with our listeners here on Events with Benefits today. So Jill Boyer, Director of Marketing at Greater Giving, thank you for being our guest. Thank you. It was a group effort, and I really appreciate you having me on today. Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.